the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. <clears throat> um, market turns lower after a modest open. Feels like in the last two weeks, we've had like four up days, two bad days, four up days, two bad days, but we're pushing higher. It's good to see some of the um, <laughs> headline news turn a little bit more normal. Wall Street Journal's talking about the Department of Justice planning to make a proposal to limit protections for internet companies like Facebook and Alphabet. Um, I saw yesterday, and this was splashy news. Mark Zuckerberg's going to let you opt out of political advertising. Okay. I can't say that I'm too excited by that. Earlier today, Facebook and Alphabet getting hit, but Amazon, Apple, and Microsoft pushed higher. Those are the big five horsemen. Boeing is a little bit under pressure today. Boeing is a big component of dun, 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 the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30. So sometimes it's Boeing and like an Apple or a Boeing and a Microsoft or two or three companies can have a big change in the market that day. I don't really care about day-by-day markets. Moderna, their CEO, Stéphane Bonsel, told CNBC that there's a high probability of success regarding its coronavirus vaccine. Let's just stop and think about that for uno momentero. That's Spanish, you know, for one moment. Vaccine coming. I think a lot of what I'm hearing, and I could be totally wrong here, um, is people will feel better about sending their kids to school. If there's a vaccine, people will feel better about going on vacations and going on airplanes if there's a vaccine. No vaccine, no feeling great. Again, I'm kind of making that up right there. But you kind of got to go with me on that one. Um, so Moderna CEO is in the news talking about that today. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, what's your big story out there? Pepsi is dropping the Aunt Jemima brand, acknowledging its origins in racial stereotypes as more companies grapple with issues around race. Um, I part of I grew up overseas. I grew up on the East Coast. I, I spent a lot of time in a lot of places. Before I was 18 years old, I had lived in 16 locations. Put that, wrap that around your pea picking head for just an uno momento. Am I allowed to say pea picking? Because that's not a reference to slavery. Hopefully I'm allowed to say that. Otherwise, I'm sorry. So um, I remember on the East Coast, I'm like, when I was seven, six, I had just gotten back from uh, Europe, long family um, stationing overseas. And we went to a restaurant called Sambo's. And it had a little African-American child who was, had a shiny head. 
and I was like, what's this mom and dad? And let's just say that brand needs to go too. So that's out there. Strength today and consumer discretionary and information tech weakness in energy utilities and financials. You don't want to see weakness in financials in large part because, well, maybe you do because interest rates are so low and they're going to stay so low for so long. But in healthier times, you want to see the financials doing well. Utilities doing poorly today, that's typically a good sign. Uh, we don't want boring old utilities. <clears throat> Energy, not so good. So the sectors are telling us something a little bit different. I know you're saying, wait, 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 what, Rob, why, is the, why is energy not so good? Weak energy is telling us that maybe things aren't going to go great for consumption or demand. You know, when uh, the economy comes back, we demand more things and we consume them. And when you demand them, you have to send people to the factories to fire them up and consume energy. There's a lot going on there. Energy is also having a situation where we're going to more and more and more and more and more clean energy. And it's making more and more and more sense to the world. Oracle's a little bit lower today. They had a quarter where they said, you know, eh, some customers delayed their purchases. We kind of expect that. But at the same time, we act all holier than thou and like, oh, what do you mean they delayed their purchases? <laughs> I'm like, you saw COVID, right? You, you saw March and April where people weren't going out. Target, it's raising its minimum wage to $15 an hour. Um, good and bad. Again, there's only compromises, right? And you're saying, if you work there, it's good. Exactly. If you own stock in the company, it's not necessarily bad because you can retain employees. You can train them. You can spend less on that. You have happier employees. Um, but it's, it sucks down the profits. Cost of doing business, one of the biggest ones is um, Labor. Uh, stars of MTV's Siesta Key are let go after some racist posts. I've been saying this for years. Teach your children not to post stupid stuff. Please. Again, I've been suspended in the last year for saying something on air that one person was upset by. One person. Um, and it wasn't even that bad, which is, again, but that's all relative, right? Maybe it was bad to have. Maybe I should just shut up now. So we live in a world where MTV is, you're seeing, you're seeing a lot of celebrities go down right now. And you're seeing a lot of celebrities apologize. If I teach you to teach your kids one thing today, don't post stupid stuff. Statues are being toppled down in, in what I thought was awesome. They're talking about replacing some of the statues that are southern generals and southern figures. Getting them out of the south and replacing them with either Britney Spears statues or Dolly Parton statues. And I'm like, am I missing something? <laughs> what am I? Is there something about Britney Spears in the South that's a thing? Or Dolly, I get Dolly Parton. Um, she's a Southern goddess in a lot of levels of her music is pretty, pretty good if you listen to it. I remember in the 70s, we hated her as little children, you know, as I was one of those kids from Stranger Things is wandering around the world. I was like, her music stinks. But folks like me on the job from nine to five. How do you do that? I want to like take my hat off to Mike and say thank you. Do you remember seeing nine to five? Dabney Coleman. Which Dabney Coleman was kind of like the Simon Cowell of that era. He always played a bad boss or a mean person. JC Vitties is having some closing sales starting Wednesday at 136 stores. 
if you've learned nothing watching Sears go down and JC Penney's go down and Kmart go down, uh, Macy's struggling, Nordstrom, like you've seen big box retailers struggle. That might be your sign that they pay a lot in rent and they have a lot of inventory in there. And that combination is your business lesson of the day. Too much inventory is no good. Uh, spring shorts need to be sold or summer shorts need to be sold before winter, right? Uh, too much inventory in like a Best Buy and you have a cutting edge computer that's no longer cutting edge of the computer. Um, so there's that. Uh, one negative that's probably going to come in the next couple of weeks is the end of the $600 in weekly benefits. That'll be a negative for this uh, economy. That'll be a negative for the stock market. I'm uh, just throwing that out there for you. Oh, 1.3 million more jobless claims expected. A little dolly win taking us to break. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I will do my best to get you in the mood to invest, to be positive about it. I can do it in numerous ways. Um, I use the Acorn app, not as my primary source of retirement in no way, shape, or form. That would be ridiculous. Um, But it's one of those apps that rounds up your purchases, so you have a credit card and you go out and spend $10 or 40 cents on lunch today and it rounds up your 60 cents and invested for you. It automates it. Probably one of the best things I ever did was I started investing for retirement when I was 18. And the way I did it was I was in a car accident. Um, someone rear-ended me. And I knew that there was going to be a settlement for my car, but also that night I had to go to the hospital because my body tensed up. And again, you're saying, oh, he's an ambulance chaser. I swear to God, I'm not an ambulance chaser. What I was was a cop was like, hey, you need ambulance? I'm like, no. And then a couple hours later, my body just locked up. It was pretty crazy. Um, so then my brother David, who happens to be an ambulance chaser, said, you know, you know, that's going to be the insurance company is going to want to settle with you. And it's going to be you're probably looking at heck. Um, what was the next brain? And he said, man, maybe three thousand dollars. And that was going to be my cut, so to speak, um, of my my first time to start going after investing. I know you're saying, whoa, you used a car accident as a jump starter to your investing. I did. And I feel actually pretty good about that um, because most of my friends would have been like, go get a TV or go get a better car, go spend money. But I was 18 and uh, it made sense to me not to. <clears throat> so I'd throw that out there again. I'm not trying to say I'm better than you or anything like that. Um, if I didn't have a settlement, I probably would have gone after and it wasn't a big settlement. It was $3,000. But that was the start of my investments, and I, I'm kind of proud of that story. I think it's kind of a cool story, um, if you ask me. 
Um, Acorns is one of those apps that it's cute and it automatically rounds up your money. Um, it's a start. And if you started it today, it's going to probably lead somewhere. If you give it 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years. Um, if you don't, you, you can get caught in. Like I bought at the high of 2019 and then I got caught in COVID. I got a scare and I sold out. That's one of the better pieces of advice I ever did. I, I turned a car settlement into an investment. And then after that, I, I've invested every month basically my whole life. And I don't even think twice about it, if you know what I'm saying. Um, you know, a couple other things. Credit Karma is a great app. Um, is it going to be the end-all, be-all thing? Is it going to change your life? I don't think so. But what Credit Karma does well is it kind of teaches you that credit's important and there's ways of handling it. And when your credit, you know, per card utilization gets over 30%, you get kind of penalized. And um, feel free to use some of these stupid financial tools out there. Like I said, Acorns is one of them. Um, credit Karma is another one of them. And uh, I think you'll become a better investor if you slowly start using some of the things, the tools that are out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Let's think about some of the other important lessons that we've learned along the way. Um, in my 20s, I spent way too much money on women that I did not marry or have children with. And it's fine. In the end, I think I married well. But I kind of had to get that out of my system. So I say... But isn't that kind of stupid to say out loud? Um, that's good advice, though, for if you have children or if you've got a friend, you know, marry well. Um, divorces are very expensive, so, and can set you back financially going from one house to two houses in situations like that. So marry well is a good one. Try to get a major that's relevant. Um, and again, this is a knock. I'm knocking, and I hate knocking but I'm totally 100% knocking poetry degrees only as an example to teach you. I know you're saying, Rob, you've already offended me. Did you know what I said in the last segment? I said the word pee picking and it is a racial derogatory term. And I'm kind of glad that I got it out of the way and I, I learned that so I could stop saying it. Um, term that I knew since childhood and totally inappropriate to say out loud. It's tied towards migrant workers who were unskilled. Uh so pass it on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Money investing and more. What are some of the better lessons you learned? I've learned um, don't let money lead to love or don't let love lead to debt. That's always a bad one. Um, have you learned anything that you would share? I wish I would have started earlier. I wish I would have saved more. Those are good things. Those are also real good things to pass on to children. Um, if I had my chance, you know, at some point in time, I'll say, children, children, um, let's look back at history in COVID and COVID-19 when you're just a little teeny tiny, uh, child, I'll be like, stock market fell. It hit a bear market. And they'll say, what's a bear market, daddy? I'll go, it's horrible. It's horrible. You don't ever want to go through one, but it's the best time to invest. That's a good lesson, right? The 2006-2008 recession when Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns were collapsing right in front of us, it's a great lesson. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, other good lessons. Um, I, some of my assets I wish I would have held on to. 
I've got a friend who's I don't want to say he's played some games, but he's kind of played some games. He buys a stock, he sells a stock. And most of it, he's gone back and said, I wish I would have held it. I like to sell my winners and buy losers in mutual funds. I like to sell my losers and buy my winners in stocks. What lessons can you pass on? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. We'll take a break. Be right back. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Um, interesting times. I know everyone's probably getting a little bit old of me saying that, and I, I get it. Um, but with that being said, let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com, one of my favorite, if not my favorite website to hit each and every day. Um, briefing.com is a great source of international and domestic news. It's tied towards Wall Street. You can kind of do a little bit of cheat sheet. I'm not a big fan of CNBC, so I started at briefing.com. Um, Patrick O'Hare, I start reading your page one each and every day. Um, and I'll tell you, this is a fun year. I don't know if it's fun for you for various different reasons, but the stories are not stopping. What are you, what are you seeing in the markets these days, sir? Sure. Well, good morning, Rob. Um, good morning. Thank you for, uh, for the compliment. So, I, sure. you know, um, you're seeing a, uh, I guess, cognitive dissonance, however, you know, state of fundamental disbelief, however you want to look at it, I think, or term it. Uh, you've got a market that I think is riding on really the Fed put you know, in large part um, as a bridge to what it expects to be a better future as it relates to both economic and earnings growth. And um, so that's why, you know, you see, I think yesterday was a perfect example with the retail sales report uh, and the positive reaction to it, right? So you had retail sales that were up, but, you know, obviously a very solid 17.7% is a record increase, uh, monthly increase in that series, right? So that's great. Um, but the full story is that retail sales are down 6.1% year over year. Yeah. So the market's not concentrating on, on that component. The market's concentrating on the sequential improvement because that's what helps validate the view that we're headed toward better things incrementally and that the support being provided by the, the Fed uh, is helping us get to that point. So, um, so that's where we are. You know, the market really has really suspended any uh, uh, connection to, to true fundamentals because obviously the market is not trading on a, a traditional PE valuation measure. It's just, it's trading on a lot of hope and expectation that, um, earnings will ultimately come back and will validate the fully priced valuation you're seeing today. Okay. Um, we are moving into political season and, um, every day seems to be a, a bit of a exercise in your political tolerance. If you like one side or the other, the headlines are very dramatic and both sides are trying to gauge to win. Do you think the election season is going to have a big movement on wall street? Is that what we're looking forward to next as the recovery takes form? What's our next focus? Do you think? Well, I, I do think so, Rob. In fact, uh, I recently updated um, um, our market view and my big picture column last Friday kind of revolved around 
uh, you know, uh, what our latest market view is. And a strong component of that was tied into the political um, picture. And, you know, um, while the market, like we just discussed, might be trading on earnings growth that expects to materialize, say, 12 to 18 months from now, the fact of the matter is that you've got an election that's less than five months away now that could have a real impact on what those you know, earnings end up ultimately being, right? If you have a change in administration um, and maybe even a change uh, in, in Congress so that you know, it's majority controlled to say, for sake of argument by Democrats in both chambers with a Democratic president, the potential is there that you see a change in tax policy uh, and that you see higher corporate taxes. <clears throat> and that would obviously impact the level of earnings growth that you, you know, might potentially see in which the stock market itself is really not accounting for it <clears throat> at this juncture. But, you know, as we get closer to this election, you know, the bipartisan spirit that we saw in the early part of the COVID-19 shutdown is going to continue to disintegrate. Um, both sides might want to create some uh, some type of stimulus measure so that, that can be sold to, you know, uh, their constituent base. But at the end of the day, you're probably not going to get everything that you need because no one wants to give too much. <laughs> so uh, so that one administration or the other might might get too much credit ahead of the election. So it's going to be messy business, uh, and uh, and that's unfortunate. Um, but I do see politics really starting to, you know, come into the fray here as maybe a, a headwind for the market that slows down, you know, its progress that we've seen of late and potentially, you know, invites a pullback if, um, you know, if the stock market starts seeing the potential for a real change. Okay. Now, I'm not an economist, but <laughs> we're obviously looking at the economy. How and you're not an economist, but you probably have some favorite economists. The briefing has some economists, and like there's some resources and tools out there. How comfortable are you with all of this at this point, as far as the economy recovering and the stock market recovering? And um, what are you feeling? What are you seeing? Well, you know, we've we've said from the beginning that we're not anticipating there being a, a V-shaped economic recovery. You know, we think the damage has just run too deep, real uh, here uh, for that to to occur. Um, you know, you had what over close to 45 million people file for unemployment benefits over the last 10 weeks. Um, we have, uh, you know, continuing claims running about half that level or so, um, as of right now. And, uh, you know, and you have businesses that are reopening and obviously we saw in the May employment report that they're, you know, bringing employees back to help manage that reopening effort and probably also, you know, bringing them back to help abide by the provisions of the paycheck, paycheck protection program, um, so that they can have those loans forgiven, um, but I think we're going to have a lot of like really uh, laborious um, recovery process for the labor market. Uh, Fed Chair Powell kind of hinted at that even yesterday, uh, you know, suggesting that it, it's going to be a long, drawn out battle and that there's going to be a lot of people that are, you know, uh, facing long term unemployment because of the um, the speed at which the economy recovers from this COVID-19 shutdown, which isn't likely to be as fast as what you know, a lot of pundits are suggesting the stock market is discounting at this juncture. So, um, so that, you know, that's, I think we're, you know, we're in this period right now, obviously where things are, uh, you would hope that every, 
economic reading you're getting is much better than the month before, right? It's engendering some confidence that you're seeing the worst of the crisis, and that's great. But, you know, if you look at it, you know, for context, just say if you have something that's at 100 and it drops to 50, that's a 50% decline. If you write, if you come from 50 to 70, that's a huge 40% gain, right? That's wonderful. But you're still down 30% from where you started, right? And I think that that's ultimately going to start to enter the picture, too, as we move maybe closer to 2021, um, where we're, you know, in our view, not likely to get the, uh, the economic uh, recovery speed that, you know, is being priced in at this point in time. But there's been no disproof of that yet, right? And that's an important factor here that keeps the stock market underpinned. But once you start seeing recurring signs of disproof, then I think that the recovery rally that looks like a V-shaped recovery rally so far in the stock market uh, might then, you know, run out of of steam. I got to ask you while I have you, sir, Um, probably the biggest question, not the biggest question, but uh, I know some economists were kind of nasty and some people who like looking at that kind of stuff, but inflation and the, the value of the dollar. Um, the weakening of the dollar, the long-term effect of all the stimulus. Some people have some concerns, and they're they're pretty um, adamant about one side or the other. What's your feeling on all the stimulus and the dollar? I think we said a couple weeks ago, so far we haven't really seen the inflation, so why not keep doing it? I'm putting words in your mouth, but the, the concept is bugging a lot of people right now. Well, it is, because I think, you know, just in terms of just sort of textbook, Type of thinking, you would think that you would you would see the devaluation of the dollar um, in a big way, um, but then again, you know the Federal Reserve is not alone in, in the central banking universe in terms of doing extraordinary things as it relates to monetary policy. You know, Bank of Japan obviously is there. European Central Bank is there. Um, you know, and and um, the Bank of England is there. So it, it's it's kind of a you know it's all relative in a way, but uh, but you know the U.S. is certainly opening the spigot as it relates to um, policy relief on both the fiscal and the monetary side, and and it is something you know we have to be concerned about here in a big picture standpoint as we you know look at things from a longer term vantage point. You know when you're in the depths of the crisis. Uh, okay. That doesn't seem to matter as much, right? It's when you get to the other end of it, and when you think of stabilized, you sit there and you look at, wow, there's a big, big bill that's due. You know, how do we pay for this? And uh, is our level of competitiveness in the United States versus other economies has it been diminished? You know, does capital leave the United States then at that point, which can be a destabilizing factor for the dollar? and help invite higher rates of inflation, or does it stay here because there's continued confidence that the United States is the best place in the world to invest? Uh, it's an unanswered question right now, but something that's going to come into play, you know, many months down the road, but should not uh, overlook that possibility. Okay. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. We have under a minute, so I want to plug you properly and well. Thanks for joining us. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. You can find him online at briefing.com. And like I said, I start my day every day. It's a resource. It is a paid resource, and I have no problem endorsing it because I personally used it for over 20 years. And um, I think it's top notch. So, And in the world of investing, you look for information sources that you can glom onto and that you can ultimately trust. 
You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. You can find Patrick O'Hare and the people at Briefing. I've had them on my air for over 20 years. They're a great addition, great compliment. I think they put things in great terms for you. You can find them at briefing.com. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Generally speaking, I try to get you to retirement. I've lost a little bit of the lessons approach and been dealing with the overall stock market on a day-by-day basis. That's not great, but we'll go with it at this point in time. Um, I will get into $1 million equals $40,000 a year of income when it's appropriate. What does retirement look like for you? Is it 40000 or is it 100000 a year in income? Social Security is not going to be enough. So we'll talk about this. I promise you that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The SEC told bankrupt Hertz it has issues with its plans to sell stock. This is something I said probably three days ago, three business days. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It's problematic. Hertz says, we don't have the assets to continue. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to knock on the door and see if, if the stock market will give us, you know, a million shares at three bucks. We'll pull in $3 million and we'll continue to operate until we can figure out a way out of the solution. The problem is you already told us you, you don't have, you can't make it. You have too much debt and you have too many liabilities and you don't have enough car rentals and that's not coming back fast. The car rental industry was already being damaged by Lyft and Uber Um so I like the SEC telling Hertz, we have issues with what you're doing here, because essentially anyone who gives them money for shares, there's a chance that, you know, suddenly everyone goes and rents a car tomorrow, but it's not good. So I'd rather companies die or go through bankrupt. Bankruptcy is a legal issue that you're allowed to get into to wipe out debt that you got in over your head. It's something that I hate that it's used too often, but it's something that I love is there for the people and the companies that need it. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The Dow is lower, snapping a three-day winning streak. Now, if you go back and listen to the Patrick O'Hare interview that we just did, this is there's a lot of disconnects between the economy and the stock market, between COVID and the stock market between the U.S. government spending and the stock market. But we're doing enough things right that we feel very, very comfortable. Saw something kind of interesting hit the wires last night. Huawei, a Chinese telecom company. Think of them as the Nortel, if you remember Nortel, of China. Northern Telecom was a Canadian telecommunications company that we had no problem with in the United States. China, we have a little bit of a problem. You're going to sell us hardware that we may or may not think that you're putting chips in to spy on us, and we're going to say, ooh, let's rush out and get 5G, and Huawei is going to be the backbone of 5G. We had a problem with that as a nation. Whether right or wrong, we did. Um, But we kind of throttled back on that yesterday. So I expect the White House to become much more friendly with China as we move into the 
final leg of the political season. Stocks fall today after Texas reports a spike in COVID-19 hospitalizations. Again, um, I hate saying this, but there's some things that are teeter-totters. You know, do we have more people die and get sick? COVID's real. We know that. We all know someone, whether it's directly or through a friend, that has you know, passed away from COVID. Or we're at 125,000, 130,000 deaths in the United States. That's a big number. So Texas virus hospitalizations jumped 11% in 24 hours. It's the largest one-day jump since the beginning of the month. The densely populated state has had a resurgence in economic activity. Um, other states like Florida are struggling with similar trends. Arizona as well. Interesting to note that they're all considered Republican states, I think. I think maybe Florida has some, some Democrat kind of play in it. But typically, Arizona and um, Texas belong to the Republicans. And the Republican platform right now seems to be open up the economy. Don't let COVID kill the economy because that's going to affect 100% of our population. Versus COVID that may take down 3% or something like that. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But that seems to be the story right now. Um, 800-516-1220. There's some just – I'm going to tell you this. And again, it's just it's, – it, it makes me scratch my head. Apple's in the news today because the European Union is saying, hey, we're going to investigate a little further. We're going to broaden our scope on a monopoly issues. That should be bad news, Right. That stock's moving higher. I own shares of Apple. I'm not plugging it. I'm not endorsing it. A um, couple weeks back, I sold some options to let go of some. Not all of it, very small amount, but you get the idea. Um, it's had a great run. I don't understand how a stock like that could be up on bad news of an investigation, but it can. And you know what you need to do is chill the freak out. Um, I got an email from a long-term investor probably two weeks ago, and he was angry at the stock market for hitting all-time highs amidst COVID. I'm like, dude, you need to chill the freak out. Like, just let it happen. The market may be a little bit smarter than us, or maybe the market's saying, oh, we think Trump's going to win because he's going to be more market-friendly. Or maybe the market's saying, we think stimulus is going to be too much. But the market's telling us something by being up this high for this long. Now, again, you build cases. You go back to the March, late March lows in the market, and you go, okay, that's probably the height of fear. That's probably as low as we're going to go. I don't mind looking at charts. They tell me stuff. When five years after 9-11, I looked at a, a 10-year chart of a company. I saw how it did on 9-11. I'm like, that's probably as low as it goes, unless their CEO gets on a clock tower and starts shooting people. Unless their product causes cancer and you die within a day, you can kind of see where things are going to go in the worst case scenario. Now, the best case scenario, I'm going to typically be fully invested until I cruise into retirement, maybe five years before, maybe five years after. But you get the idea. Sometimes you just got to say, okay, I'm not smarter than the market. I'm smarter than a fifth grader, but I'm not smarter than the market. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com.